This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. My name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is the Blue Men Group. I'm joined by my friends. They're not co-hosts anymore. They're just friends. John Bedron and Devin Welsh. How are you doing, guys? We're doing wonderful. Does that does that mean we're not getting paid anymore? Uh, that's yeah. It's a it, yeah. It's a, it's a reclassification <laughs> thing, Damn. where uh, whereby just, yeah. I just change the word like what I consider you guys, and then I don't have to get away with certain things. We're independent contractors. Now that Prop 22 has passed, uh, things are a little different around here. <laughs> yeah, we're friends. We're no longer coworkers. We're friends. Everybody, that, that's, <laughs> that's one of the big things, the cool things about Prop 22 and uh, is that you're now friends with everybody you work with. That you're is true. Ex- you're expected to, uh, you know, go, go to like social events with your friends, aka coworkers. Society should be more genial now. Independent contractors. Buddies. Yeah, so... Whatever. I guess that's a compliment for you guys. Uh, you know, we, on this uh, podcast, we kick off with compliments. Uh, I'm not feeling very complimentary right now. So, uh, Devin, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> just rip into Devin. No, I, I, I want to say that, uh, uh, Devin, I think you're um, like an athletic guy, and I think that's cool. And uh, nice. you're Thank kind you. of, uh, you're looking athletic today. John? I think you're uh, a bookworm in, in the best way possible. Um, <laughs> okay, thank you. I'll take and uh, that's all the compliments I have. About to give. turn from my bimbo. My <laughs> yeah, I know. Classification it's true. Yeah. On the podcast. You know, himbo. himbo. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, John. Yeah, I second the bookworm thing because you said you were up late last night reading Wuthering Heights. It's true. Um, I did say which... that. I'm tired now. Ah, Kate yeah. Bush lyrics. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was on Lyric Genius just going over the, pouring over the lyrics. But uh, yeah, no, both of you guys are A plus, and um, oh. thank you for thank you for being here with me. Thanks, guys. Uh, Devin, you look cute. Mark, you look cute also. Thanks. Nice. Nice. Good. All right, that Got was that good. That, up. That's great. Finally, we're we're uh, through the compliment <laughs> stage. Uh, well, you know that leads us right into right, right when we close the gate on uh, compliments. We like to think about what's happening in this week in history. Will we find diamonds on the moon? Some geologists think so, and the Apollo 12 <laughs> astronauts could be bringing back important evidence. But for Richard Gordon, Charles Conrad, and Alan Bean, One, the moon was... By the way, this is like 1970, I think, and the guy's talking like he's from the 30s or yeah, something Yeah, he sounds like, like he's that. in a Cary Grant movie. Yeah, oh, strange right. throwback. I love yeah. that he his first question was, Are, will we find diamonds on the moon? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that was like the pressing concern of the day. It's like, we're running out of diamonds. Yeah, this guy needs diamonds. He's got, a, he's got like his old lady, he calls her at home, and he's like, she needs diamonds. It's mm-hmm. on my mind. The right, let's go back to it. Out. There it is! Son of a gun! Right down the middle of the road! Outstanding! 42 
Conrad gave a nice laconic twist to Neil Armstrong's memorable phrase. A small one for Neil, but a long one for me. So yeah, right now we're just seeing like extremely that's, grainy footage of. That's also uh, a great sound for the listeners. The sound of an explosion. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it just said like. It didn't sound, none of that sounded good. Like whatever was going on there. But it was, all so it was stressful. was like a takeoff and right. a landing. It was successful. And It uh, just sounds like the end of the world. Yeah, it sounded like they were shouting Mayday or something. I like that he was like a small one for Neil, but a long one for me. He's like measuring. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Whipped right. him out with Neil Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. So this that is Apollo, seem... Apollo 12, right? Yeah. Apollo, Apollo 12, 12 inches. <clears throat> which, which I think is like, I feel bad for the Apollo 12 guys because here, here's how it goes. John, do you know anything about the Apollo missions? I know uh, that they go into space sometimes. That's right. Correct. That's all you need to know, really. But I don't know the order of them, though. It took them 11 tries to get to the moon, okay? So Apollo 11, <laughs> it was uh, the mission when they finally got the knowledge to figure out how to get to the moon, okay? And mm -hmm. that was... July 26th, 1969, I believe. That's just off the top of my head. Somebody can check that. <laughs> um, Apollo 12, please actually check. I think it's that's the actual day. But Apollo 12, who cares about Apollo 12? Because they already went to the moon. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody knows who, who uh, the, the astronauts on Apollo 12 were. Mm -hmm. And then we all know Apollo 13 because it's a movie. Right, so, Ron like, Howard was on Apollo 13. That's right, John. R a child, Ron Howard was on... <laughs> uh, Opie, yeah. yeah. They sent Opie to space. <laughs> and um, he's still floating around. No, so uh, the Apollo 13, obviously. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. Maybe you've heard that once or twice. That was number 13. So, and number then how 12, many more were there after that? 17 they went up to 17 and <laughs> they should have stopped at 11 i know and, and on a high note exactly but then they then the next the, the apollo 12 they're like oh are we gonna find diamonds you think and it's like come <laughs> on guys like yeah let's let's reel it in i love how bored people get immediately after landing on the moon they're like how can we like make this more interesting like people are already tired of us going to the moon we need yeah, like yeah, exactly. diamonds or something flashy to get everyone's attention again yeah they need to sell it it's kind of like a victory lap um, it's already been done. So, you know, go up there and see if you can, you know, shake out something that will, you know, keep people <laughs> interested. Yeah. It's it, like in the planning room, they're like, so what about, what are we going to do for 12? Yeah. What's like, the angle on 12? Because yeah, what's know, the hook? Yeah. We went up and now what are we doing here? What's, where is it going? What's the sequel and, all about? Cause they know that 13, they're like, listen, 13 is going to be a train wreck just cause. And then they're like, what do you mean? And there's there's like, no the way. Number, yeah. The number 13, what, what more do I have to tell you? And they're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Famously then, superstitious NASA. <laughs> exactly. They, they throw all the science out the window to like kind of this kind of a, a crazy numerology from uh, 1800s. <laughs> so 12, and, 12, they knew was going to be the last hurrah. So yeah. they knew they had to have some fun. They had to find some diamonds. They had to do a little bit of <laughs> little bit of driving around in little carts on the moon. Yeah. Right, yeah. The golf cart on the moon. Yeah. But if you look closely, you can see a boom mic. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, that's the yeah, only issue. See, only Kubrick, issue I have with Apollo 12. They, they were able to afford Kubrick for Apollo 11, but then he was out of their price range for 12. So 
they, <laughs> yeah. they got somebody, but he didn't do as Vincent good of Price. a job. Yeah, exactly. And the scriptwriter settle for a B filmmaker. Yeah, someone who's yeah got diamonds on the brain. They just did a heist movie, yeah. and now they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Michael Mann presents heist. Apollo Twelve. Yeah, yeah. So Apollo Twelve. Listen, you don't need to look it up. You don't need to read about it. You don't need to know anything about it. But it happened uh, this this week in, um, you know, back History. in the day. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think, it, okay, no, the, no, it was uh, 69. Okay, so November 19th, 1969. So let's think about that. If Apollo 11 was in July, August, September, October, November, they were doing those things every four months. That shit's crazy. Yeah, but, uh, was busy yeah that people time. stopped caring immediately. Like the drop off is very funny. And then like you go to the moon and then you keep trying to like rouse the public's interest. It's like the most incredible technical achievement in history. Like, yeah. People stop caring. And then like a couple of years later, they're like, that never happened. I don't think. Yeah, yeah I know. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Apollo 11. Everyone watches it. Apollo 12 ratings tanked. <laughs> and then Apollo 13, you know, the twist kind of pulled people back in, but not really. <clears throat> Yeah. And then I think one of them, maybe Apollo 17, maybe, I don't know, maybe they just like can that one. Uh, they were like, do you want, fuck this, who cares? Like nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> There's like one of the uh, NASA guys like, who, I don't care anymore. Goth NASA. Yeah. So that that's Apollo, uh, the Apollo situation. If you have any questions, please DM me at Ron Ecstasy. I will answer all Apollo related questions questions and uh let's go to a uh, returning uh, segment we love and uh, we gotta hate it a bit too it's called the covid check now uh i am negative although uh i i have a continuous pesky cough um devin how are you feeling i'm feeling very healthy um haven't been tested but um i'm feeling very good very good so good no COVID over here john how are you uh well as we all know i tested positive for covid oh my uh sometime oh before gosh. last week jesus yeah i don't Christ. think oh it. jesus Christ. Oh, no 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 <laughs> thank you for minimizing this incredibly huge precedent uh, in the, the the nation's virology report, but yeah, uh, no, I'm feeling okay this week. I still can't smell anything. That's fucked. That is so mm, weird. Yeah. That is like one of the weirder parts of it of the smell and taste bud thing situation. I can still taste, but it's like weaker. So I'm like salting my food less, and I'm like generally less enthused about eating, which is probably good. Mm -hmm. But then like we have like a jar of peppermint oil, and uh, every every day I like. <sighs> sniff it really hard to see and then nothing happens to my nose wow smelling wow. mustard i'm smelling like incredibly strong things and then yeah. wow you should Man. put some horseradish horseradish uh, uh sauce up your nose and see if yeah. it does anything and shove it, it like, like a terrible idea john i want you to shove it in there if you can yeah. please. a clove of garlic yeah maybe that'll cure my covid no but it's sort of, i wonder if the <laughs> i guess you probably can, the nation's like popper enthusiasts must be really depressed <laughs> yeah. uh yeah yeah, there was a, uh, a a video on Twitter of somebody that said that they had poppers in their in their pocket that the uh, their mask was in, and it opened up accidentally. Oh. They put their mask on, and they were like, "I'm at work, and I'm like going nuts right now." Dude, that rules. Which is uh, kind of funny, but um, well, John, I, I 
I mean, I guess he re- can't really do anything other than just wait it out, right? Like that's that's all you can do. Yeah. And um, Google uh, long-term effects and uh, new experimental research that shows that I'm probably going to die and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, in the middle yeah. of the night, turning from like the d- the bleak, depressing weathering heights, and then Googling, you know, yeah, 14% of cases of of long-term chronic illnesses. Right, and Those and I know, options. I know that um, it, it, I was thinking about this last night. What that I think there's like 11 million or 12 million cases in the United States, and I was just thinking, I was like, oh. My John's in there. John's one of those people. Another, oh man, that's a lot of Johns. Another statistic. Yeah, st- yeah. This is a <laughs> stat stat heavy uh, show. All right. Well, John, uh, hope you feel well and uh, hope you can stick around for the whole episode today. <laughs> All right. Let's see what's in the news. <laughs> All right, well, John, since you are a uh, victim of COVID nineteen, um, <laughs> I, I <laughs> it's not a victimless crime. It's yeah, certainly not. Sorry, one of, one I had twelve million victims. Yeah, so uh, John actually sent this uh, to our uh, group uh, chat that uh, discusses deeply the uh, the the plan for the show every week, uh, and. I, John, I don't know if you sign off on this. I don't know if this is your uh, what you're trying to tell your, your all of the ideology. Links, all of the links I send are my opinion. I read the okay. article and I go, "That's what I think." Yep, and then you share them with us. One hundred percent believe it. Yeah. Now, John, this is from Bloomberg Opinion, and I know that you were a, a staunch advocate for Michael Bloomberg. I was a Bloomberg booster. <laughs> <laughs> You were you were donating money to Bloomberg, and even though they didn't ask for donations, <laughs> which which I thought was that's honorable, that's cool. Actually, um, I met somebody who worked on the Bloomberg thing, and it was uh, it was someone we know in Detroit, mm, and mm. they had they were like paid to do it. They're like yeah. a model professionally, and they Bloomberg yeah. hired them, and then they met another Bloomberg booster at a bar, and he was like the only true believer, like in the in the country. Nice. Oh wow. He was nice. like, really believed in Bloomberg's policies. It was very funny. The last true Bloombergian. <laughs> yeah. His name was Oprah. <laughs> um, uh, so John found this in, in the title. This is from Bloomberg Opinion. So this is somebody's opinion and John's, it seems. Michael Bloomberg's uh, opinion. One of the, the writers names Tyler Cowen. And the headline is, COVID is increasing America's lead over China. As the post-pandemic world order takes shape, it's clear that the U.S. still has huge advantages. So first off, it's kind of like, okay, where are we going with this? Yeah, it's immediately wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then so let's break down like... Swan the, dives right the, in the first sentence. Yeah, the central argument here. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the, the, the headline here is, with good vaccines apparently on the way, <laughs> apparently, yeah. uh, it's now possible to imagine a new post-pandemic world order. One question is whether China has overtaken the U.S. And on that, there is good news. In terms of ideas and relative influence, America may have opened up its lead. So, um, first of all, just the entire premise is completely yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's like it's, China is like having like huge gatherings of like thousands of people and they have like no cases and it's like and yeah, also it's and just a weird pissing contest that right. like nobody really can relate to or care about 
Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I, I tend to agree with that. So like just in population alone, like 328.2 million Americans in 2019, 1.393 billion Chinese people. Just in, that, that's just a lot of people. And um, it, it, it is this kind of weird like uh, American uh, exceptionalism kind of situation going on. Um, but yeah, I, I need to find the uh, exact uh, quote here that kind of uh, set well, it off for me. Yeah, the, the part that we wanted to talk about here is that this Bloomberg opinion piece feels that America has, is showing its strength by the number of people it's willing to let die of COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. That like, you know, that the, that the death toll in America should put the fear in China that, hey, you know, if China was thinking about starting a world war with America, hey, think twice because, you know, America's stronger than you think, you know, because <laughs> they can they can handle it. They can handle 250,000 deaths. Yeah. Yeah. It's no biggie. You know, like that we lose that every day. And so, like, America's clearly ready to fight, you know, a great war with China because of all of these covid deaths. Yeah, yeah, which is an extremely wild uh, position to take. <laughs> yeah, the it's other like... the other point in the article is like America's like working with German vaccine companies proves that we're like better than China. Which again, it's yeah. like Germany is making the vaccine, not America. I don't understand. Right, like we we it, 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 I I always think of it as kind of like this house party, and America is like, all the countries are like different per- people at the house party, you know, and like America. <clears throat> shows up and is just kind of like drunk and like they're, they, they, they're not, they've got tons of money, right? Like they, they show up in a real nice car and all this kind of stuff. They got the newest iPhone and all that. And it's like, but everybody's like, but they don't look good. Like they're not that healthy. And uh, they're trying to pick a fight with China, like the biggest person yeah. at the party, like the coolest person at the party. And they're like, <laughs> And they, yeah, and they, and then they, you know, they fall and they, they like lose their leg somehow. Like their leg gets like <laughs> caught in the garage door, and then, and then that's proof that they're ready to fight because yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. They can lose Amer- a leg, no problem, and they'll, they'll uh, still keep swinging. America's yeah. the 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 kid in Days and Confused who shows up at like the Moon Tower party and like is like neurotically obsessing over like getting into a fight, and then <laughs> yeah. like punches like the coolest, strongest guy there and gets its ass kicked immediately. Yeah. yeah. So here, here's this this incredible paragraph or sentence, whatever, in uh, two sentences, phrases. I don't know what the fuck. Uh, there's one in the Bloomberg opinion piece. There is one other factor that people are loath to discuss, with one exception. Yes, the U.S. has botched its response to COVID-19. <laughs> At the same time, its experience shows that America as a nation can, in fact, tolerate casualties. Too many, in fact. It had long been standard Chinese doctrine that Americans are soft and unwilling to take on much risk. If you were a Chinese war game planner, might you now reconsider that assumption? (laughs) 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 We're like so willing, so willing to uh, throw our own citizens under the bus that like, Mr. Chinese war planner, like, uh, yeah, hey, think twice. Yeah, it's like you think that we took, you know, a big loss on this one, but didn't we actually get a big win? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This guy's like incredible at silver linings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Completely out of his ass. Yeah, I I was just saying, like, I think he uh, his first job ever was working at a hospital, just telling people that their uh, close relatives have died. 
and he's like mm-hmm. he puts like a real nice spin on it like he's he, he's he's very adept at this game yeah yeah like he, you're probably in the will or he's 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 working in one of the hospitals and then when he's consoling the grieving families of people that have died of COVID-19 he's like don't worry i understand your loss but the chinese war planners are seeing this <laughs> and trust me they're quaking in their boots people yeah, exactly and they're people are like what chinese war planner <laughs> like who is this like <laughs> what, what are you talking about it's like i just lost my grandfather yeah and it's this like and trust me spin doctor it's all gonna be worth it degree so yeah this uh this tyler cowan op-ed is like absolutely nuts and uh it's on the bloomberg website which is weird to begin with just when you're reading bloomberg <laughs> stuff i don't know it's like it seems icky somehow. Like I like to imagine Bloomberg is in the newsroom you, telling everyone what to write. Um, could you guys write this for me? Yeah, like I don't know. There was all those like during election time in Detroit area. There was uh, these like Cessnas flying over my house that said like "Vote Early." Yeah, and with, with giant signs on yeah. the back of them. And I just knew that that was like Mike Bloomberg's big idea. I was like, right. oh my god, he paid he paid like five hundred thousand dollars for a Cessna to fly around Detroit. Yeah, he paid a bunch early. of like mattress companies to 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 change out their banner from big sale today to go for buying. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's weird. China, I don't know. I mean, China's so powerful. Like, what are we doing? But China's China China's like leaps and bounds ahead. I know the other technologies and stuff. And also, like economically, is like in- integrating itself with like the full like the full global community in a way that America is like withdrawing from it. And then this mm-hmm. article is also saying that China doesn't have enough allies. And it's like China's like getting China so makes... many nations to rely on China instead of the United States. Yeah, China makes everything. So it doesn't matter in a way like there. I don't think that China's looking for like uh, kind of like soft power allies, like an American uh, form of diplomacy style. You know, they're just right. they just make things and they know that you're reliant on what they make. So like they don't need to make like diplomatic ties and make make good with everybody that way I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm I I don't I don't necessarily know much about China and I propose that um you know in 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 future episodes we uh, try to learn more about China. Yeah, we should because, probably uh... <laughs> Also in the news today uh or this week was uh, former President Barack Obama released a uh, playlist, um, which big I, news. I'm yeah, huge. New Obama playlist dropped. I mean, I I've always just kind of looked towards presidents for my musical taste. That's always <laughs> just been like what I do. I've never had like an independent uh, musical thought in my life. I never mm. read any music magazines, reviews, or anything. Radio, I never listened to. I just looked towards presidents. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Barack Obama, you know, he did this before. He loves dropping his playlists. It's cool. It makes him. It's kind of his signature more thing. into his. Yeah, it's like I'm a he, I mean, it, he's a celebrity. That's like all I guess you just have to know. Um, Think about and, this. He his first playlist. He like it was like a Rolling Stone feature back when yeah. everyone still read Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of a it, it's like an interesting way to uh, like make yourself relevant and not feel like a politician. 
but then it also uh, excuses you from doing anything really right. uh, in terms of policy. It's because, like a brand like, move. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 um, this is not going to get you healthcare. <laughs> no. Well, and he's, he, this playlist in particular is being released to promote his new book, his third memoir <laughs> <laughs> called yeah, a promised come land come on barry um and yeah it's just got it's sort of like the most popular songs ever kind of yeah thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah totally where yeah uh yeah what a wild playlist frank sinatra fleetwood mac sade stevie wonder aretha franklin it's like beyonce yeah. Eminem, Bruce Springsteen, Brooks and Dunn, like everyone, it, it's trying to appeal to everyone and no one at the same time. It's yeah. just like songs that you, you, if you just signed into like a Spotify or, or uh, YouTube music and haven't set up an account yet, this is the songs <laughs> that it's going to play for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. And he says, I put together this playlist featuring some memorable songs from my administration. I don't think any of these Wait, were what? released during his administration. <laughs> no, 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 none of them. They're were. all old songs. Very yeah. old. And this very, is a classic boomer yeah. move, also to be like, you guys want to know good music, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I know. J- I've heard of Jay Z. Yes, and it's yeah, like exactly. Beautiful day by U two. The Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles. Uh, this is Obama's iPod Shuffle. He just like let it go. And yeah, then... exactly. Exactly. And then there's you know, and then we were sort of talking about this and how annoyed we are by Obama putting out a playlist. And then, you know, there's a bunch of other politicians that have followed in Obama's footsteps and getting yeah, then everyone the playlist game. And so we've got uh, Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, with uh, a playlist of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly different, you know, he's got a fish track on there. Yeah. The cake track sort of solidifying his, uh, what, Gen X slash older millennial type of, uh, generational position. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No one listens to cake anymore. <laughs> I do. Um, but, um, it. yeah, cake's great. Um, it, it, so it's called, I thought it said butt jams, but it's Buddha jams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Buddha jams. It's titled. Yeah. It does look um, like butt jams. And the uh, second song is everyone's favorite, High Hopes by Panic at the Disco, which was made, I, I think, like re-popularized by uh, Buttigieg because of uh, the High Hopes dance, the Buttigieg dance, yeah, uh, which you can the, look up. On I, miss, I miss learning about the High Hopes dance. That was such a good day for me. That was such a that funny, was. stupid day. It yeah. was a good day online. Um, yeah, there's like some Kanye West, Joan Jett, and the Black Hearts. Yeah. Uh, lots of Aretha Franklin. George Michael's Freedom, which is a great song. Yes. He does yeah, seem yeah, to have, actually, this maybe is maybe a little more his actual taste. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's, I guess it's just baked into the premise of a politician with presidential aspirations making a music playlist. It's going to be terrible because right. they can't actually put music on there that is yeah. sub- subversive they or can't have the live 30 minute cut of sister ray <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and then and that like and then even if they could do that they have never even heard that track because they're a person with presidential ambitions like they haven't listened to music they've right been, <laughs> that's so true spending their time like building power like they haven't right. actually been enjoying art they haven't been moping in their bedroom yeah, yeah, they yeah. didn't. They didn't download the Pitchfork 1000 in 2007 off of a torrent website. They right. were building power, as Devin said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I want a presidential candidate who 
would put Morrissey on their playlist because they wasted the first 20 years of their life. <laughs> exactly. That's, That's what I can I relate to. See. And so then with Hillary Clinton, her playlist is even stranger because there's like five Ricky Martin songs, five <laughs> Christina Aguilera songs, five Stevie Wonder songs, <laughs> and then like five songs by a woman named Andra Day Andre that I've Day. never heard of. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's just like, it's it's Obama's playlist is at least tasteful in the sense that no artist is repeated twice right yeah. whereas yes. and then with Buttigieg's playlist with like the butt jams <laughs> it's kind of yeah there's a bit of like you know authentic flavor to it whereas with Hillary Clinton's playlist it's like she's probably only heard five artists in her entire life and they're they include as follows yeah Stevie Wonder Christina Aguilera this person that we haven't heard of um and Ricky Martin. And I Ricky also Martin. like that there's a Ricky Martin and Christina Aguilera duet on the playlist as well. Like she just can't get enough. Yeah, it's like it's not real. Like no, there's not a real person that has these tastes in music. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. And then um, this one, this is from uh, 2012. John found this great find. John Mitt Romney's Spotify playlist. Um, and again, <laughs> fake, completely fake. Willie Nelson, Kid Rock. There's no fucking well, way. Well, Mitt Romney is listening to Kid Rock. I kind of think that there's some authenticity into this yeah. too, but it's just fa these are all just fascinating insights into like the type of politician they are. I because think because Mitt yeah. Romney's playlist is a lot of them are Spotify links and they're all very sleek, but Mitt uh -huh. Romney's is a screenshot of his computer's playlist. Yeah, yeah, I, that is... I like Romney's the best out of all of them, and I think Me it's too. the most authentic as well because the first track on the playlist is the song I am a man of constant sorrow by the soggy bottom <laughs> yeah. boys which is not a real song it's a song from the movie oh brother where art thou yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh the next it's one so is good. a song by the killers and the killers is is a, a mormon band so that's true shout true, out true. good call shout Devin, out to this the mormons is great. this is great um so I feel like it is pretty, and then there's a couple of Roy Orbison tracks in yeah. Dreams and Crying, which me and John, uh, you know, agreed was, you know, these are obvious David Lynch uh, style songs. Yeah, he's got this <laughs> yeah. like bizarre, yeah, yeah. like David Lynch vibe where it's like huge, big popular pop songs like the Del Shannons and stuff. And then it's like, yeah super like the Roy Orbison crying and injury it's like yeah very yeah. bizarre good vibrations yeah. of the Beach Boys very Lynchian when you think of Mitt Romney listening to that song <laughs> yeah that is okay you're you're completely everything I'm completely sold on all of that and it is very funny that it just if you read the track titles just like I'm a man as you said I'm a man of constant sorrow crying Desperado, <laughs> like Born Free, over Willie the Nelson's rainbow. cover of Over the Rainbow, which is a great pick. Yeah. yeah, that's something I would put on a playlist. Yeah, totally. But again, just so odd. But I think that's my favorite of all of them. It's weird that he has Kid Rock, but yeah, no, very. That could very just cool. be some Michigan things too. Like he's like, right. I'm originally from Michigan. That's like, true. Yeah, uh, that is a little, my, uh, my daddy was the governor, like all that kind of stuff. Right. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> I really like the idea too of Mitt Romney like almost weekly coming home and being like uh can we watch oh brother where art thou again and it's like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's we watch it's like a child when they just watch the same thing over and over again totally he has like the one vhs that he like loves it's getting like all like 
It's getting generation loss. It's getting like <laughs> yeah. all warped and stuff. Yeah. There's generation loss on his Oh Brother Where Art Thou VHS. And so I finally jumping to uh, our current day, we were wondering, hey, does Biden have a playlist or wh- where's the Biden playlist? And so Biden himself seems to not have. Um, <laughs> Speaking of generation loss, playlist. he doesn't have one. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't even have a playlist, but um, we found a playlist made on his behalf by a guy named Matt Healy, who is the front person for the band The 1975. Yeah, and I'm unfamiliar with the band other than I've heard the name and I know that they're like a very popular band. But um, yeah, it seems as though this guitarist for The 1975 is very excited that joe biden won and he created this uh yeah playlist called joe biden has won now we are vibing <laughs> oh i think it's more like joe biden has won now we're biden or yeah, it doesn't really vibing with biden rhyme. is basically the idea here yeah um and it's all like uh see there's a good songs i love roy Ayers. i love george benson doobie brothers i love but they're all like i think he's trying to tell a story here where it's like dedicate this heart feel like making love i don't know uh, love will bring us back together. Mm-hmm. Shed a little light by James Taylor. How sweet it is. Uh, Hit so it and it's... quit it by Funkadelic. Great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, McDonald tracks. Well, you know, it's like this is outsourced to an actual musician. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is much. It's more tasteful. I mean, it's the the whole idea of it is really corny, but at least the music itself is pretty good music. But it's also yeah. just very funny that it's like. Uh, Obviously, the entire nation is champing at the bit for a new presidential playlist. And Absolutely. Uh, someone had to step in for Biden because he couldn't be bothered. Yeah, yeah. and I, I tweeted this uh, last a few weeks ago, maybe. I just said, I, I, I will not sit still until Joe Biden releases a playlist because I identify with playlist diplomacy. I love being fed songs <laughs> like this where uh, I don't I've know what to I've heard it a million times. To. Yeah. I, I never know what to listen to. So I like to have uh, politicians tell me what to listen to. I love but, having politicians tell me to listen to Stevie Wonder again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, Every like, one of them. Uh, just as a total aside, um, maybe you know about uh, the Syrian dictator president uh, named Bashar al-Assad. I've heard um, of him. He had his uh, iTunes account, like, hacked uh probably yeah this was uh 2012 i believe and um i i do know from the adam curtis documentary that he's very into elo that was his favorite band uh <laughs> but um it says that um he uh yeah so Bashar al-assad was making purchases through an american express account on the 5th of february when he sent his wife ozma an itunes file of the u.s country star blake shelton singing god gave me you <laughs> Um, which I think is funny. Uh, he sent the uh, file a day after shelling uh, the city of Holmes. <laughs> uh, he sent his wife a then, nice love song. And then Syrian forces would fire more than 300 rockets into that city uh, that day. Jesus Christ. Um, he also, and then the lyrics of that song are, I've been walking heartache. I've made a mess of me. The <laughs> person that I've been lately ain't who I want to be. <laughs> Um, Um, but another track that he purchased is a track by the band right said fred that we know from the track i'm too sexy 
Um, That's but, so funny. But Right Side Fred is kind of like a one-hit wonder. We only know them f- from I'm Too Sexy, but he purchased a track by Right Side Fred called Don't Talk, Just Kiss. He, so, it's yeah. it's very patrician of him because actually Right Side Fred, I on a LARP, was like listening to I'm Too Sexy, and I was like, the song's actually pretty good. Yeah. If you like strip it of all of its I love it. baggage. And oh, then I was incredible. listening to some of their other songs, and it's like, they're a great band, actually. Nice. So Bashar al-Assad, yeah. you're on um, notice. And then... Good taste. He purchased Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order, which is an absolutely in- banger. Absolute yeah. banger. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Cover Girls, a uh, New York-based uh, urban girl group of the 1980s and the early 90s. He's also into them. Uh, on, a, on a different note, he uh, continued to add to his playlist with Leona Lewis, uh Chris Brown featuring Lil Wayne and Busta Rhymes. I love Busta. And on New Year's Eve, he uh, added a true a tribute to Cliff Richards by the 21st century Christmas. I like the way this is this article is reporting it though. As the conflict in Syria intensified, Assad continued to add songs like Leona Lewis, Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Somebody should do a, like a timeline of like Obama's uh, like yes. the, all of the sort of drone bombings and things like that that the, <laughs> that the U.S. did, uh, and then the timing of his playlist and the jams he was listening to at the time. That'd mm. be sick. <laughs> to close things up. Uh, I think we should, you know, we wouldn't have all these playlists and all the uh, diplomacy that goes along with it if we didn't have musicians. And uh, I think, you know, I, uh, I, I can figure out a few instruments. Wouldn't necessarily call myself a musician, but I, I, I know that uh, I know musicians. I have a tape of your music, Ron. I oh, have a, something, you, but it's dubbed in reverse, if you recall. I do recall that I was explaining that to somebody uh, recently <laughs> how I made some tapes and uh, dubbed them and then everybody was like, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And then one lucky soul told me that it was dubbed backwards. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's that's okay. not my. Yeah, that's that's perfect because it's sort of that's like a good example of the plight of the musician. That's yeah. what we wanted to talk about. Musicians are the heroes of the week here. And um, this was spurred. Devin, by... you're a musician. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, not speaking for myself, but, you know, just in general. Mm-hmm. So we talked about all these playlists. Um, none of these musicians, you know, had any say about whether they would be on Mitt Romney's playlist or not, or whether they would be played at uh, Donald Trump's rallies or not. Um, you know, politicians take advantage of musicians to kind of humanize them and their mm-hmm. political power grabs. You know, Barack Obama can put out a playlist of music and people, you know, can swoon over him. And meanwhile, he's bombing some someone or other. Um, <laughs> depending on the week, yeah, different flavor of week. bombing. And um, we, we, we found an article here that's talking about um, a song called Harness Your Hopes by the band Pavement. And basically, the it, this is on Stereo Gum. And basically, the point of the article is talking about how this extremely obscure song by Pavement that was a B-side, never properly released. Stephen Malkmus barely remembers writing it or releasing it. And then <laughs> he was in a cafe and some music came on. He he was like, oh, that's weird. It sounds f- familiar or something. And then he figured out finally that it was his song. It's <laughs> so obscure that he thought it was a Rolling Stones song at first. Yeah, yeah that's thought- so wild. 
thinks it's a Rolling Stones song, realizes it's his song, and then he's like, oh, wow, <laughs> this must be like a really hip cafe because they're playing like an extreme obscure pavement song. Yeah, this is like classic I... Gen X, like hipsterdom, where it's like the most obscure song you've ever heard of. And then he, and then he, you know, finds out through the barista or whoever that actually, no, they're just playing, they're just letting Spotify run. And so, <laughs> and then it turns out that that, this deep cut of, of pavement called Harness Your Hopes became pavement's most popular song on Spotify for no reason, just purely <laughs> through the algorithm. The just... algorithm thought it was the best. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. And um, and it just got us thinking about musicians and how they're kind of... Um, uh, everything that they do is just completely thankless. It's like the the like the, the tracks that like Stephen Malkmus, the, tra- the song that Stephen Malkmus feels the most passionately about, you know, like his favorite song ever. Probably nobody cares about it whatsoever. Like nobody yeah, knows right, about it. Right, right. Nobody has listened to it. Everyone's just like, ah, oh, that song sucks. Like whatever. Yeah. And then the song that he like tosses off, he doesn't remember it. it it's completely. He doesn't care about it. He wishes that you know people wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> Suddenly gets brought to the top of their entire thing. You know, on Spotify, it becomes the most popular pavement yeah. song. Um. And I have to imagine Pavement has like lots. They have a huge catalog, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Tons yeah, of records. Yeah, exactly. There's tons of great Pavement songs to listen to. Probably songs that Stephen Malkmus himself would hope that you listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That no one will ever <laughs> listen to. Right. Yeah. And so then, and then, yeah, and then, you know, your music ends up on Obama's playlist. It ends up on <laughs> Hillary Clinton's playlist. Right. Yeah. Everyone's kind yeah. of like taking advantage of you. You're just like a windsock that's getting like pushed around <laughs> by everybody. Sil- and then Silicon Valley, you know, it's like the, these Silicon Valley ghouls are like, yeah. you know, exploit the music. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, the, let's let's crank the algorithm so that this pavement inside <laughs> yeah, yeah, goes yeah. through the roof. We're going to make bank. And There's then, a big you know, steam powered machine with a knob on the side. They're just cranking the algorithm rhythm Stephen Malkmus makes pennies on on that the, like that song getting popular but Spotify makes bank somehow yeah um <laughs> you know they people like petty didacts twist the intentions of musicians to make cynical points about the human race so like uh we were talking about you know it's like oh you know such and such is 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 male manipulator music yeah if you listen to Radiohead or Slow Dive you're like red flag there you're clearly yeah, like that, that, some some tor- terrible person yeah that was the take or i mean there was even a take about like uh, only men listen to steely dan and like, yeah what, what it's like what did steely dan ever do to deserve that yeah right <laughs> to be weaponized this way yeah and then you know and then and then when people make you know musicians like slave away on something that they you know they think is like incredibly brilliant and it expresses everything that's in their soul and then you know nobody nobody cares um, right, right. But then, I, like, I loved that they included slow dive because it's like they squandered in obscurity their entire career and like yeah, experimented yeah. radically with like the form of rock music. And right. then it's like 30 years later, they're getting called like accessories to like violence. <laughs> and then and then when you know, when when a musician's work does touch somebody's life and does improve their life and they listen to it a lot and it kind of like helps them through something. Like ninety nine percent of the time, the musician never even finds out about that. Yeah. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the good stuff, they never find out about, and then the bad stuff, you know, they're just surrounded by at all times. 
Um, most likely they'll die alone, penniless, and abused by society. And um, <laughs> the most they can hope for is getting like a small check every few months from, you know, Spotify or from whatever else. Um, Whoever collects so, their royalties. Anyway, that's the rant that I wanted to go on. I feel like musicians, uh, they're not getting a fair shake. They're getting tossed around by ideologues and bad actors. <laughs> and Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yes, 100%. I agree. They're, they're being uh, the, 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 the idea that uh, music is somehow disposable, I think, mm -hmm. is this idea. And it's uh, it's been changed. The idea of an, a beautiful art form of music has been changed to just uh, kind of fit into your mood at any certain day and time. And right. uh, it's kind of at your service. And uh, I mean, that's kind of fine. that's kind of been a, a something that um, I mean, I think we we really enjoy is just kind of the idea of confusing the algorithm, you know, like like to get out of your 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 algorithmic taste where everything is just fed to you. And, uh, you know, you're, you're you're capable of finding music you like. Uh, you mm -hmm. don't have to let a computer do it. Yeah, but, I like but, that the end of the article ends with Stephen Malkmus, like somebody asking him about how he feels about the song blowing up, even if it's like not organic. And he's like, I guess you're just a bit happy. Like whenever that happens, uh, I think that's probably how everyone feels from a SoundCloud rapper to somebody like me. At this point, we take what we can get, even in a debased form, because what's <laughs> left? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the sum of it. And so that's why musicians are heroes of the week, because they take what they can get. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man, it, it's very much like a wartime mentality. They're making do. It's like, you know, you get you get in the, the you get lost in the Belgian woods for four months. Some generals telling you to <laughs> dig in into the trenches and hold out as you're like attacked on every side. And then, you know, the best thing you can get is like the silver lining. Your buddy dies and you get to wear his like slightly newer boots. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to storm Take what the, you can get weather the Belgian winters. That's what we're hoping for uh, us musicians is just slightly newer boots. Yep. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. John, get well. Thank you. Devin, uh, thank you very much for uh, your tunes, your songs, your words. You I, don't care. I, you don't actually I care. <laughs> <laughs> I cherish you. I cherish you. Uh, go buy music, everybody. All right. Bye. This is the Blue Man Group. 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 This is the Blue Man Group.